Everything that you've ever wanted finds you when you feel. So why is it that with more freedoms than ever, we're afraid of our full range of emotions? Yep, even those not so pleasant ones. Why do we suppress parts of ourselves to play by the rules we think are required for success? It's burning us out and leaving us numb. Welcome to Open Hearted, the podcast, where feelings are the pathway to your potential. We're rule respecters, cycle breakers, independent practicalists, and real, real revolutionaries come to learn what it means to live and lead with an open heart. Hi, I'm Jackie Simic, former corporate finance control freak and first-generation American who was once completely numb from the neck down. I lived my life in black and white, forcing my way through, silently suffering from a painful chronic disease. And when I stopped running from my emotions was when I finally became free. Today, I use my emotional leadership technique to help women wake up to open-hearted living, hold reverent their role in the world, and reclaim emotional mastery to be fully alive. Join me on the journey of open-hearted living. Hey, it's Jackie here. Welcome to the first episode of Open Hearted. I want to take you back to the beginning today. Nope, not that far back. We're not going back to the childhood trauma or why I selected the career that I did. We'll save all that stuff for another episode. I want to take you back to how this podcast came to be. So I'm going to go back about 11 months, last August, August 2021. I ended up getting the vid (laughs) while I was on a trip in New Orleans. And I didn't actually get that sick, but unfortunately, like so many people, I ended up with long COVID. And my symptoms include a loss of smell and a loss of taste. For someone like me who is a foodie, who has traveled so much in search of food, probably taken 20 cooking courses around the world, being in the kitchen is the way I unwind at the end of the day. It's my creative outlet. And anyone who shared a meal with me knows that I, mmm, <laughs> all the way through the meal, except for when I take breaks to talk about what we're going to eat next or tomorrow or for breakfast. (laughs) I took a lot of pleasure out of food and all of that was lost. I did not take it lightly. (laughs) I ended up having a dark night of the soul. For most of the fall, I retreated to the West Coast and sought a really small spiritual town where I proceeded to hike and cry. 
and spent most of the time on the couch or sleepless in my bed, staring at the ceiling, just praying and hoping to, to help me get through another day. I sought some experts, but not a lot of them were able to help me. And as my healer said, a dark night of the soul is just that it is on a soul level and no human thing can really help the soul out. This is greater than the human within me. And that's why I know I'm on the right path because I believe my soul knew all this was going to happen, knew that I would love something so much only to have it so uh, innocuously taken away so randomly. And so I had to learn to process that. And I also had to learn how to become the bigger, better version of myself, the part, the person that I could begin to trust that I would always have my own back, the person who was building her faith because it was being built in the fire. It was being built in these hard times. And so around the new year, I felt a good shift in energy. And I started to pick myself back up and I started to make choices for myself and get back into my rituals and my routines and be gentle and compassionate. I moved, I committed to signing a year lease, put down roots. And the one thing that I really wanted to do, and I had been wanting to do for a long time, but I never prioritized it was going to a Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat. He has these week-long retreats. And I mean, I think spiritual self-help people are the new rock stars because his retreats sell out. 1,500 seats will sell out in three minutes. And I always talked about going and I didn't make it a priority. But now that my health was in jeopardy, things were not healing the way that they were expected to, I had to make this a priority. And I got really lucky when he opened a retreat just four hour drive away. So I set myself up and set the alarm and clicked the links and I got in. So fast forward to the retreat. Like all good retreats, there's a cadence to them. There's, you know, the let's start you off easy. Let's get you to bond a little. Oh, let's bring you down to <laughs> your breaking point. And then we'll build you back up again. And you'll come out of here being like, wow, I really did it. And I did the hard thing. And that's what happened for me while I was there. About a couple of days into it, Dr. Joe kept talking about feeling into your heart, feeling into that feeling in your heart. Oh, feel it there. And I don't know, but I felt nothing <laughs> to the point where I had a breakdown, had to call my best friend. I talked to a guy that I used to date. He said, I don't feel anything in my heart. And he said, that's crazy. 
You have one of the biggest hearts I know. Maybe it's just so big. You're like in it and you don't even realize it. <laughs> so sweet of him to say that. So at this point, I decided to shift my intention. I knew my health would just take care of itself. I knew the power of the mind-body connection. I knew if I felt better, if I felt more whole, if I loved myself more, that whatever ailments I had would naturally heal themselves. That's the way the body is built. So I set my intention to open my heart. And I just kept coming back to that, trusting that the divine that God would hear my intention, would work through me, and I'd feel something in this hard space. Now, I'm kind of lying to you because I also had another little bit of an ulterior motive. I was on a little break from a man that I fell in love with, a man who was with me through the dark night of the soul, who I felt was sort of my night. <laughs> And I thought that if I could just keep feeling into my heart, if I could keep opening my heart, that that would also lead me back to him. That would lead me back to the greatest love I've ever known. It would lead me to be able to create this happily ever after, to build the family we talked about. And so... I, I just would feel into this intention of opening my heart. And I equated opening my heart with feel more love, all positive, all joy, all excitement, all being in love. Like who doesn't want that, right? That was a very easy intention to set. So I held that intention from the 5 a.m., the 4 a.m. meditations, the five-hour sits, the rest of the week, I drove home the four hours in pure bliss, and I started my daily meditations, following all of Dr. Joe's voice, his, his guidance through the meditations, and I just kept holding that belief. And this man and I started to reconnect, and I was like, oh, working. This is it. It's going to happen. Look at us. We're, we're, we're laughing again in texts. He told me, oh my God, I've thought about you every day that we've been apart. Side note, he didn't tell me what he thought. <laughs> Ladies, make sure you ask questions and clarify when people communicate with you. So we were struggling to get on the phone. I should have known something was up. And a few weeks went by and I got a text from him out of the blue. I met someone else. And in that moment, my heart opened. I got exactly what my intention was. It just didn't look the way that I thought it would. But damn, did God deliver. My heart shattered into a million pieces. I don't think I've been truly heartbroken since I was maybe 20 years old. 
I think a large part of me was afraid of having my heart broken, afraid of really truly feeling at the deepest of levels because it meant that I might lose control. It meant that I'd have to honor myself. I'd have to honor what was going on. And I made a very clear decision that I was not going to abandon myself through this period of time, that I would not numb. I had very few things left that I could even choose to numb with because I I barely drink. Um, I call myself sober-ish. I work for myself, so I don't have the 60, 70, 80 hour job that I used to have that I used to be able to just throw myself into and forget about my life at home and come home and then let it all out. I even made a decision that if my friends were inviting me to do things and I didn't really want to go, but I was going because I just wanted someone to keep me distracted and to keep me busy, that it wasn't going to be a yes from me. I was really committed to not abandoning myself, to really being with my feelings, to letting them guide me as opposed to letting them have so much power. They are powerful, but it's like knowing how to direct the power. So they are innately powerful, but I wasn't choosing to be afraid of them and running away from them. I chose to be with them, to observe them, to let them move through my body. And I think because I wasn't in battle with myself and that I understood this is inappropriate, (laughs) even if it wasn't appropriate, but it was appropriate for me in that moment, reaction to what happened. I was grieving. I was losing something that meant so much to me. And what happened was so beautiful. Being in that space with myself, I could feel myself soften. I could feel myself surrendering. All of the times in my life that I've just tried to force and control and manipulate people so that I didn't have to feel a certain way. I didn't have to do that anymore. I could just let myself be, be in this moment, trust that I'm in the right moment. And it wasn't always like this. In fact, when I started therapy work, with a really great therapist. I mean, I've been in therapy for a long time, but when I found the one, the great therapist who really helped change my life about 10 years ago, she kept asking me how I feel about things. And I would answer and I'd say, I think. And she'd be like, no, how do you feel? I'd be like, I think. So I was really disconnected from my feelings. And over the course of 10 years and becoming a tapping practitioner and working with hundreds of women, I see feelings completely differently. I see them as the gateway to your healing. And I see healing as your return to wholeness, which seems so obvious 
right? If we want to feel whole, we've got to allow space for all of us to be present, including the down, including the shitty feelings. There's wisdom there. There's information to alchemize there. When we run from it, we don't get that softening. We don't get that presence. We don't get that ability to be with the divine, to be with our our higher selves. I got all this intellectually, right? I got that feelings are so important. For a year, I've been saying in my coaching business with entrepreneurs, feelings are the pathway to your profits. How we feel, how we make others feel. Can they feel us? That builds the connection. That builds the safety. That builds the desire for someone to be in your energy. People don't make purchases and buying decisions from a rational place. They make them from an emotional place. People don't invest at high levels if they don't feel safe, if they don't trust you. These are all emotionally based things. And my clients that were doing the greatest or having the greatest transformational work, they were always in truth with their feelings. They always, they weren't trying to be high vibe. They weren't trying to sugarcoat it. They weren't trying to run away from things. They were like, Jackie, this is how it is. This is how I feel right now. And we jump in and we had a good tool and we'd alchemize what all that meant what it meant for them. And so I got these ideas on an intellectual level up until this point. But my God, when my heart opened into a million pieces, I finally felt it on the deepest of levels. When you really know something, when it moves beyond your intellectual consciousness, and it moves into every cell in your being and you move as it. And I knew in that moment, this was another gift of this experience. I thought I was just going to get the man and the family. But God, the divine, the higher power universe will always deliver more. And what I got was more of myself, more of my own power, more of trust in myself, my truth, living with full permission and approval for who I am. And with it, I got a mission and a movement to help other women realize the same for themselves, to start to give themselves permission to live with an open heart. We live in a world right now, we look around and sometimes it's so hard to feel anything. It hurts too much. We live in a world that tells women not to feel, stop being so emotional, right? People shut down, they feel uncomfortable. It's because they're shut down from themselves. But it's teaching us and it's eroding our innate power 
to be a woman, to feel like a woman, is to feel. It is to flow. It is to be in our body. It is to be in these emotions. It is our energy in motion. And so I feel so passionate about helping women to live with an open heart, to lead with an open heart, to bring that into workspaces, to lead their own life, to lead their children, to lead their friend groups, anyone who's watching, to lead their mother. She probably didn't have this stuff either, this permission. And to help people who are putting themselves out there with through businesses, to help them earn with an open heart. So that is the birth of this podcast. From sickness through the dark night to setting an intention that I thought would look a certain way and receiving so much more than I could have ever bargained for. And now it's time to move forward. It's time to change the world. And I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you are on some level in a knowing that it's your time to open your heart. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode of Open Hearted, the podcast. I hope you feel expanded about the idea that life is always happening for you, what it means to surrender, and the power of faith. If you're curious about how to live and lead more open-heartedly, I encourage you to check out the show notes where we dropped some links that will explain more about my approach and emotional leadership technique. That's it for today. Remember, everything you've ever wanted finds you when you feel.